What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Student Built Startups Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Stone, entrepreneur and marketing analytics student at UMD. I interview young entrepreneurs to share their stories and business strategies. On today's episode, I'll be interviewing a local UMD student who is the creator, founder, and owner of an app called SkiWise, which helps cross-country skiers determine which trails are groomed and ready for them to go use. He will be sharing his story as well as some unique insights into developing a product as well as how to stay focused on your original goal of that product you're developing. Now, I am absolutely thrilled to be having Spencer Polly on the Student Built Startups podcast today. So here he is, everyone. Hey, Spencer, I am super happy to have you here on the Student Built Startups podcast today. Uh, I'm really excited to talk with you about your app, SkiWise. Um, so I'll go ahead and have you introduce yourself and say hello and share one crazy but true fact about yourself. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks, Cameron. Thanks for having me today. Um, I'm actually super excited that it's another UMD student running a podcast like this because I don't think I've met very many people kind of doing cool entrepreneurial stuff at UMD here. So I'm pretty excited to be on today. Um, to, to go with a, a nice true fact about myself, um, I actually couldn't quite think of one. So I asked my mom and she said that it's unique. What's unique about me is that I had glasses since I was one year old. Wow. So I don't know if that's that unique, but, um, yeah, I've had that's them for actually, a long time, I, guess. I don't know. That's, that's quite unique. I, I feel like, uh, if you, if I saw a one year old kind of rolling around with some glasses, they'd be looking kind of sophisticated, I think. I know, I know. <laughs> she said I looked like I was on a board of directors, <laughs> which is pretty oh, funny. That is funny. Oh my gosh. And yeah, I'm super, super happy. Always happy to have a, a bulldog on the podcast. Um, trying to kind of, bring some of us uh, entrepreneurs from UMD together and kind of raise awareness of the different entrepreneurial things students are doing. So For sure. Have you had other Bulldogs on here? Yeah, I've had uh, Noah Shaminsky, uh, now actually Mia, Mia Shaminsky, um, and Joe Donovan. He's a uh, recording artist and Damien Fiddler, uh, videographer. Uh, cool. But yeah, I've had, uh, had a few Bulldogs on the podcast, so Not happy to have another one. Yeah. So if you want to maybe share a little bit about your kind of like entrepreneurial like background, like did you like kind of like doing small entrepreneurial stuff when you were younger um, and kind of just where your like thoughts about starting some sort of like entrepreneurial venture began? Yeah. So I would say everything kind of started when I was um, like early high school and, and late middle school. Um, and kind of the origin for that was like Minecraft servers. So I would run servers, not really to make money, but just cause I, I just loved being like in charge of it and having more, more than the, the advertising side of it, but just the ability to like own the world and like make the product and make people happy. People would request stuff and I could add it. And I liked having that like ability to serve people and, and build stuff that people actually liked. And, and liked like living with and actually ski wise is very similar because it's basically like a community. And I think I just enjoy building those type of community projects. Um, so since that, um, I went into computer science in college. So that's how we probably haven't met yet. Cause I've been in the computer science department for three years. I just moved over to marketing as a, as my minor started taking off. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, once I learned how to program 
which has been I probably got comfortable around two years ago or a year ago. And then it's just been like off to the races because because now I have the tools to, to build whatever I want and then the skills to do it too. And I can just, you know, uh, kind of take whatever's from my mind and, and put it out in the world. So ski is kind of the first um, first version of that, basically. Awesome. Project. Yeah, I tell you, um, computer science majors are, are not to be underestimated when it comes to entrepreneurial stuff. Um, For sure. I, quite a few computer science people that I know kind of have their own like side venture going, which is pretty, pretty unique. Um, and also, I, I really like what you said about how to kind of like you were with the Minecraft servers, you like to like serve kind of the people, which that's kind of a misconception. I think a lot of people have about entrepreneurship. It's, a lot of people have the vision of like, they just want to make a bunch of money and um, like make a product and sell it and sell it. But really, the heart of it is like serving other people and kind of helping them solve their problems. Uh, that's kind of the path that will lead you to the most success from what I've seen and experienced myself. Exactly. Yeah. And that's just like core to, to everything for me is just, I want to take what's in my mind, put it out there and like solve other people's problems with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you want to maybe share like the story of ski wise, kind of where you had the idea um, and kind of what that process was like of kind of developing it and kind of where you're at in the process now. For sure. Yeah. So ski wise started November of 2019. So this is kind of pre-COVID time. Um, and just to kind of introduce the app a little bit, it's an app for cross-country skiers to view the trail conditions, which if you do any outdoors type activities, you'll know that things are pretty weather dependent and cross-country skiing is kind of that times 10. Um, and that's because it's not just did it snow last night, but it's did it snow and was it groomed and is it hard packed or is it soft today? Which skis should I bring? Is it going to be rocks on the trail or grass or, you know, is it just going to be a great ski? And so ski wise basically lets you crowdsource that information. So if, you know, Bob goes skiing at 8am, he can say, oh, trails are perfect today. And then Angela at noon can be like, oh, that trail was great at 8am. It's probably still good. I'm going to go there. Um, so that's the basic premise behind that. And so I started in November and I launched it January 1st. So it took me a month and a week to develop it, Wow! which <laughs> is super fast. And it was, you know, finals week and then Christmas breaks so was pretty stressful time. Um, but I do not regret like rushing that launch because, and that was part of kind of the benefit of ski is I had to get it out soon because it was, you know, ski season. So if I waited three months, four months to launch, it would have been pointless. Um, but that first year, I really got no traction. Uh, the app was kind of crappy. Again, like I was still learning how to develop stuff. So I made a lot of technical issues back then. Um, but I revisited it over the summer, put a lot more hours into it. And then this fall and this winter, I've now actually spent the time to like market it properly and add the proper features. So now we're hovering around like 6,000, 6,500 users. Wow. Um, yeah. And so it, it's been... A lot better this year, having that summer to, to develop everything. But really, it was last winter where I figured out everyone what everybody wanted out of the app that was like the most useful time for me, mm -hmm. for sure. I'm curious, like how many revisions or like, would you say like big milestones have been made throughout the process of the app? Like how many major changes were made due to like feedback and that kind of stuff? Yeah, for sure. So 
that initial version from January, I kind of kept that throughout the whole winter. I lost a little bit of motivation. I just kind of wanted to get out and ski and, you know, um, I, I had other things going on. School was getting busy. But then when everything moved remote, um, after spring break, I basically ran out of things to do. So I was like, I need to find a hobby, you know, so I picked up ski wise again. Um, and that's when the second major iteration came where it was like completely overhauled the whole thing and worked on that the whole summer. And I got feedback. I sent out a survey, um, last winter at the end of the winter and got like 50 or a hundred responses. And then I used that to kind of guide how I was going to actually make the app. So I figured out, you know, at first it was a much more broad idea of just a kind of a social network for cross country skiers. But then the survey, pretty much I figured out everybody wanted trail conditions, but only like a couple people wanted to find friends to ski with. Only a couple people wanted race results. A couple wanted to know about events. So I was like, why am I making all these features when everybody just wants this one feature? So I kind of doubled down on the trail conditions. Gotcha. That's really, that's a really good execution of like using customer feedback um, to kind of make that adjustment. Cause like, I feel like when you're starting something new, you can kind of have that broad base. Um, if you don't know exactly what to go into and getting that feedback initially, uh, kind of refining that kind of main thing is going to be essential. Cause like one of my favorite quotes is like, you can do everything somewhat okay, or you can do one thing really dang good. <laughs> exactly. And it's a lot easier to sell or pitch someone on, Hey, if you want to know the trail conditions, go here. Then like, hey, if you want like this app that does this, 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 and this, go here. It's like that one, find that one important thing I think is pretty crucial. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say is your, your like next step with SkiWise? Like what's the next jump that you're thinking about potentially making? Yeah, so um, now it's kind of February time. So it's starting to get toward the end of the season. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, summertime, I can make as many changes as I want. What do I want to do? Um, and basically, the main thing now is figuring out how to monetize and how to get uh, consistent growth. Because we can talk about kind of the growth channels I used um, later on today. But yeah. um, the monetization part is tricky because it's like, I want to, do I monetize off the skiers to have like a premium where they can, you know, track their workouts or something or off the trails so that they can track which skiers go there and what times and stuff like that. Or do I go like ski brands and have them able to advertise through the app? So there's a lot of different like dimensions. And I've gotten on calls with all these people and tried to like pull and figure out, you know, what exactly is the best. And now it's like, okay, I got to figure out the direction and then build that out and then start advertising in that direction. So gotcha. Very cool. That's a nice major step. Nice. Well, hopefully that goes well and no major roadblocks. <laughs> For sure. Um, so we can move into a little bit talking about some of your knowledge that you've gained through the process of uh, developing SkiWise. So maybe let's let's start with um, kind of like, I know from my experience, the heart of developing a new product is solving someone's problem. So what would you say is like your favorite way to find common problems that need a solution? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I love cross country skiing, been doing it for 10 years. So this was very much a problem that I knew really well. And then I'm also kind of like part of the community. Like I did high school cross country skiing, the UMD club. So I knew other people had this problem too. And I think that's a, a good way to start is figure out a problem that you have that you know other people also have. Um, 
and kind of, and then I, I also, I try not to think too much about, um, building like the perfect product or solving the perfect problem. I'd rather just get something out the door and let other people tell me if it's good or not. So, um, that's part of the reason I really rushed like that initial launch is I just wanted to see, um, you know, do skiers actually want this and what part of it is most important to them. So I, I think I've canned too many ideas just by like overthinking it and being like, ah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had just built some stuff more and just thrown it out there and seen. Cause yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. I, I feel like that's been kind of a shift that's happened in our society is that a lot of people, I guess society as a whole has been shifting from that point of like thinking something through perfectly before they start on that process. I feel like that used to be the the main path. But now I feel like even with like big corporations, they're starting to make iterative like jumps and start little new ventures and then change them as they go. Um, and I feel like that's something that people have been okay with. They're okay with a not fully developed product and changes being made. So I, I do like kind of your perspective on that. Yeah. And I mean, anyone with a computer can be pretty dangerous these days <laughs> and you can do a lot of stuff for free. So there's really no risk, especially if you're in college. I mean, if you throw something out there and it fails horribly, hey, you could still put it on your resume. It's never really going to be a failure unless you don't do anything. So I just was like, whatever, I'll just build it. You know, just don't yeah. think too much about it. That's really the problem I always getting to myself is just overthinking stuff mm -hmm. yeah and i mean you're always going to learn more from what you try to do than what you don't try to do so mm -hmm. like you always at least learn one thing along the along the path of attempting <laughs> for sure yeah um so from your experience what would you say is the best way to structure like a product development process for a new product yep so um i used like trello have you heard of that Yes. Yes. I've had, I have had heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Trello is pretty awesome. You just make little cards for all your little to do items and then you just move them from the left to the right as you, they're like a long term to do item, short term work in progress or completed. Um, and, and that was great for this summer because I had to get a lot of stuff done and, and basically there's too much to hold in my head at that mm. point. Um, otherwise, what I learned in my internship last summer is just having like a weekly, like five or six goals and then just crossing them out as you do them throughout the week is pretty nice. Like I, I try not to overthink all the product management and stuff. I just want to make it enough so that I know what to always work on. I'm never left kind of stranded. Um, but I also don't want to like have so much bureaucracy that it's slowing me down, which I, yeah. I also tend to do to myself. So I think I I found a balance with SkiWise pretty nicely. Yeah, that's good. I I have a similar experience with uh, just managing things to do in general. And I do remember now I have used Trello uh, myself. So I had a completely like aneurysm there <laughs> trying to <laughs> put my words together. But um, I used it on a school project last semester, and it was it was useful. I could see how that would uh, transition well to product development and kind of laying out uh, different objectives. Um, and yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, making lists of things to do is if you can't tell with the whiteboard and I have, I like oh. make too many lists. It's, it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I could show you my wall over here. It's like all whiteboards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 
how can somebody developing a new product ensure that they stay focused on solving the problem throughout the entire process? Because I feel like quite often when somebody's they they find a problem and then they come up with a solution, but then they get caught up in the making of this product and they might forget about that initial problem and solving that and get caught up with other fun, interesting things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that definitely happened to me, like, um, especially as I had just recently launched it, you know, uh, I wasn't thinking too much about what is the customer like the skier actually need and what feedback can I get from them? I'd say the number one thing you could do is, is launch it, put it out there and then just make it easy for people to tell you what they think and then let them kind of guide your development a little bit, but don't let them choose the features necessarily. Let them like explain more the problem. So like I would get feature requests like, Hey, can I post my trail reports to Facebook? And, um, and I would have to kind of ask like why, right? Cause some mm-hmm. skiers might want it on Facebook so they can share it with their friends that they did a workout and some might want it so that they can post it on a trails page and get, you know, entered in some competition for skiing at that trail. And those are two very different use cases. I'll build it differently depending on like why people actually want to do it. Um, so I'd say like, like definitely focus in on exactly what people need, um, and, and your users and then kind of peel it back a layer and figure out like the why behind things and then use that to, to guide what you build next. Gotcha. That's, that's actually, I really like that. Um, I feel like, uh, I'm okay. I'm curious about do people's problems like change when, when you're asking. So if you send out a survey like one month after you release your product and then you send out a survey like six months, would you say that, people's like problem changes after having exposure do they like phrase it differently or like they they real they understand their problem more after experiencing experiencing it is that something that you've seen yeah I, i think a little bit i only did the survey once um that at the end of that ski season um but now where i get a lot of my feedback so i have a little like feedback portal in the app and so i get maybe like a request or two a day of just like, Hey, add this, this is broken. And basically I can see people's email from that. And I'll just email them after that and be like, Hey, can you explain this more? Why do you want this? I think that kind of creates a dialogue. And then I can actually really figure out a little bit more about, about it. And and just keeping, keeping on like the pulse of what people actually want is, is pretty important. I think. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so throughout your process of, developing ski wise and kind of operating it and making these changes what would you say is one of your biggest learning moments from a mistake that you made along the way oh man yeah there's (laughs) a lot of mistakes um oh man yeah um i would say probably some of the bigger mistakes were around uh marketing and just trying too many things, I think, and not really like doubling down on anything enough to see if it works or not. Um, so like I tried a social media, uh, campaign and I would be spread across like three or four social media platforms, but then I can't frequently post on all those things. I'm only one person. Um, and I'd try a blog, but I could only do like a blog post every week. And so it was a lot of, a lot of work to do that. Um, 
And I should have just probably like doubled down on just Facebook and then just, mm-hmm. you know, emailed or talked to trails through Facebook and really tried to grow a Facebook presence. Because I think that's where all the all the cross-country skiers are, at least for my demographic. Um, and I think that's going to be one thing I kind of work on next year is just finding that one channel that works really well and just kind of doubling down on that. Um, and it's probably going to be like Facebook and um, and traditional marketing, which we can talk about now. I actually the the best marketing channel I had this year was literally just like emailing newspapers and saying like, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm a college student doing this app," and it's a little like narcissistic, like, "Hey, read a story about me, right?" But the the thing is, these these newspapers they love this story because, and this is for all like the college students out there too. If you're a college student doing something cool, I mean, people love to hear about that. That's exactly what people want to read in the newspaper or on a blog, um, whatnot. So I would encourage people to just like contact, um, you know, the news, the news cycle or what's it called? News room or whatever. Yeah. And, and just, um, and, and just, you know, pitch them your story a little bit. Cause I ended up getting like, 4,000 of my 6,000 users just from a blog post or a, a story on the, the Duluth Tribune, right? And then all those users are in Duluth too. So it's like a lot of trail reports are being updated. And, you know, kind of that's a problem with SKUIs is you need people to post trail reports to get value out of it. So it was like a two-sided marketplace. But with that traditional media, you kind of can get a huge bump on stuff. And I think people are a little too lost in like the digital and and stuff like that. But But yeah, go into like a newspaper and, yeah, and I, just like pitching the stories. Now. I want to pick your brain a little bit about that because I'm working on a, a, a venture currently that I'm going to be amping up on marketing around the 1st of March. Um, and I'm planning on reaching out to some newspapers, especially like school newspapers and that kind of stuff. But when you reached out, did you just did you send like a formal press release when you contacted them or was it more of like an informal message? Yeah, so I probably should have had like a press release and pictures and a media kit and stuff. And if I could do it over again, I, I probably would do that. I literally just uh, sent like a well-worded email mm-hmm. and then said, you know, if you're interested, I'm free for a phone call whenever. Um, okay. And, but I, I'm not really an expert in like how to pitch that. I think I was okay. doing things <laughs> definitely wrong. I probably could have had a higher success rate if I actually gave them more information. Um but, but yeah, I do think like thinking about that channel is, is really helpful. Yes. Especially when you have like free access to it, it just takes a little yeah. bit of work. Um, now if yeah, you and it's less work than social media or blog posts. It's like, that's amazing. Yeah. I feel like it's a underestimated kind of uh, medium to get an audience. Yeah. Especially if you're a college student. I mean, it's just such a good, good story no matter what you're doing. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, so for those people that are listening right now and they're wanting to create a business based on an app, uh, what would your like one piece of advice for them be to, to be in order to like take that big jump into doing that? Yeah. So the app market is a little difficult because it's literally split down the middle, right? It's iOS here and Android over there. And if you build it just for Android, everyone's going to say, hey, when's it coming to iOS? And if you build it for just iOS, they're going to say vice versa, right? So that was the biggest issue is that initial launch I had was just iOS and it was hard to pull feedback from people because they were just like, when does it come to Android? And then 
uh, when I rebuilt it this summer, I rebuilt it basically as a website. And then I embed that in the iOS and Android apps. Um, and that is the way to do it. I think like I, I kind of have to have an app cause that's the, the main, um, the main like unique selling point of skew eyes versus some of the other, cause there's some other places that do trail conditions. Um, but I would say if you're making like a prototype, probably start with a website, even if you know it's going to be an app someday. Um, just to, just cause it's so much easier. Like app stores are a hundred dollars and it's a pain to deploy every single time. And you always have to deploy it to two platforms and, and yeah, a website was a lot easier to manage. Um, but yeah, the, the app market definitely, if you're going to do it, I would also suggest deploying to both Android and iOS. Okay. Uh, which is going to be more complicated, but it, it definitely helps you get meaningful feedback from people and, and whatnot. Yeah. That's, that's something I haven't really thought of when people are making apps that you have to like do double the work in a lot of cases mm-hmm. to get it on multiple, uh, platforms. Yeah. It's always going to be finicky and I, I'm waiting for progressive web apps to come out, which basically that's this new thing where you can download apps through like Chrome or Safari. And so you just like click a button on a website and it downloads that website into an app form. And that's going to be huge bypasses the stores and their 30% cut of everything. And wow, uh, it's kind of like not really allowed on iOS right now, but I think five years down the line, like that's going to be the way to go. Yeah, for sure. I, I could see that happening. I feel like, uh, they're pretty protective of their kind of, yeah, they're like, where stuff comes from, I guess. Yeah. They want everything to be pristine and, you know, yeah. In the uh, ecosystem. I am curious, like what, uh, like you use to actually develop your app in the very beginning. Um, like what, uh, coding, uh, tools did you use? Yeah. So I'm using, um, react on JavaScript and then to actually bundle it as iOS and Android apps. I'm using something called capacitor. Um, so if, if you're a developer out there, you can look those things up and, and I would say that's the way to go. There's some other ways to do it too. There's like flutter, which lets you make an app on iOS and Android, but then you can't make it into a website as well. And I think the website component is important too, because you can kind of get SEO and whatnot from that. Um, and then there's like react native, which has the same issue, but with Ionic and capacitor, you can do all three. And I have it deployed as all three right now, and and it's somewhat manageable. It's a little bit of a pain to add updates, but yeah, you know, it's the way Very to go, cool. I think. Awesome. Well, we're gonna move on to the fast five section. Um, when speed is not of the essence typically, but <laughs> um, it's called the fast five because it's faster than the others. So, what is the most valuable learning experience that you have had? In- yeah, yeah, I would say. Um, Probably just learning, you know, how to, I, I think the number one takeaway I got from SkiWise was like launch quickly because for SkiWise, I kind of had to, but in the future, even like, I don't regret launching that like very crappy version of it right away because it, it did help me get just a lot of feedback and, and people are more likely to talk to you and give you feedback if you have something to show them, even if it's totally the wrong thing. Um, and if you don't have uh, something out there, it's just very hard to get people to, to talk to you. So I just say launch quickly. All right, cool. Um, 
if you're a book person, what is one book yeah. that you would recommend? <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one would be The Mom Test. Oh. Uh, basically, that book teaches you how to talk to users and, you know, customers um, in a way where you're not like, uh, you're not by giving, you're not allowing them to give you bias answers. So, and, and I think the number one takeaway I took from that was how to write an email because he breaks down like the five sentences of every email. And I literally, every time I write an email now, I go to that book, look at the five sentences. I make a sentence for each one. And it just sounds like the email just sounds amazing. And it's, I think that's the number one thing that book I've ever read for sure. Wow. I'll, I have not heard of that one before. I might have to check it out. It's not yeah. very, not very often that at this point on like episode 42 that we get a new book mentioned. So when we do, I, I make sure to go check it out. <laughs> yeah. What other books have you heard? Like um, traction before? No. Okay. That, that's an interesting one too, about like different, uh, traffic channels you can try to to use okay uh, i haven't finished that whole one but that's a pretty nice one i've heard gotcha cool um what is one business tool that you would recommend yeah probably trello i mean that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome also slack is is awesome too i have it set up right now where when a user signs in it sends me like a slack notification pushes it to my phone and computer and whatnot and that's really nice because it Think about it, you get a lot of junk throughout the day, like mm -hmm. Instagram, whatever. But if you get notifications for like your business, it actually kind of brings you back into to working on things. And I think that's that's been pretty nice. I can kind of like feel now when it's gonna be like a good day and a lot of people are signing up and whatnot. Yeah. Um I just have had some recent exposure to Slack over the last uh like month or so, because I'm working on developing an online community for young entrepreneurs in Slack. So it's a, uh, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be to learn kind of the layout of it. At first I was like, this looks like it's going to take forever, but it was, it was more intuitive than I had uh, imagined, I guess. Mm -hmm. So awesome. yeah, I like Slack as well. Um, so what do you do to like schedule your time and plan things out in the future? Yeah, so I I still use the Trello board and I still do like a weekly to-do list. One thing I'm trying to get in is kind of a daily to-do list because I found like with college, when, when it was the summertime, I really didn't have that much free time. Um, but in college here, I do. So it's easier to to kind of, I kind of need like a daily do this, 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 mm -hmm. this, this. I, I found I always get distracted when I don't know what to do next. Um so just having a big to-do list is is pretty good. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's it's something I try to keep up with too. <laughs> um, and last question here is: What is the number one thing that drives your motivation? Hmm. Yeah, I would say right now it's like hundred percent freedom. Like I just want to be able to own my time and like where my career goes in general. So there, there's definitely like higher, um, higher goals, but like right now it's like, what can I do to basically make enough money each month to quit a job? Yeah. And I'm not working in a job yet, still in <laughs> college, but that I'm thinking about it right now. And that's definitely, um, a big inspiration for me to, to keep going. Yeah. That's I, I like what you said and it brings something to my mind because um 
I have the same sort of like perspective, like freedom and like ownership of my time and that kind of stuff. But like when I step back and I look at it, it's like the amount of time that I spend working on this stuff is like, is that really what I'm going for? But it's just kind of a weird paradox of like a lot of different directions, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You end up spending more time to get that freedom. Yeah, but exactly. I don't know. Something about working on like my own thing is yes. it doesn't feel like work to me at all. You know, it's great. Yeah. I'm right, right on the same page with you there. Um, so that was the fast five and now to wrap things up, uh, before I, I ask the last question, um, I'd like you to maybe share where the audience can find a little bit more about you and, or your, uh, app ski wise. Yeah. So ski wise can be found at ski wise dash app.com. Not a great URL, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, or you can find me personally at spencerpoly.com. That's horribly outdated. Um, but it does have a link to everything else um, that I use. Um, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn and and I'm down to like ask or uh, answer any questions or just hop on phone calls because I love to talk to other entrepreneurs and and, and other people doing cool stuff in the space. Um, uh, yeah, and those are, I also use Twitter a little bit, but those are the two main, main areas. So. All right. And yeah, to everybody listening right now, I encourage you to go check out the app and go, check out his website at least to get access to those links <laughs> that's <laughs> if that's the least you do there uh, well spencer it was great having you on the podcast today um, and to finally wrap things up i'll ask you to provide one last main takeaway that you want everybody listening to kind of walk away thinking about yeah yeah i would say um it, it doesn't matter if you're doing the wrong thing just make sure you're showing up and like doing something every day okay i think that's the way to go very cool. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast today. Yeah. Super happy I was here and super excited of another UMD student to be running something like this. Yes. Yeah. Always I happy to have that. a bulldog on. <laughs> for sure. Well, that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode, learned a couple things, and were able to make a few connections with stuff that you're working on in the real world. Um, and also, I want to give a quick thanks to Spencer again for being on the podcast and kind of sharing some of his knowledge and experience. So, Spencer, I really appreciate you coming on here and uh, giving us some of your time and knowledge. Um, and for everyone listening right now, I encourage you to go check out his app, SkiWise, as well as head over to studentbuiltstartups.com to check out the show notes, as well as some of the links to the stuff that we mentioned in the episode. Lastly, if you want to give us a follow on Instagram at SBS Media, and also maybe go check out ye.community. Another project that I'm working on. Uh, I'd like to get some more followers over there. And most importantly, please, please, please go leave a review on iTunes or Apple or whatever platform you're using. Reviews are much appreciated and they are super, super helpful. I'll leave it at that. So thanks again. And I will catch you on the next episode. <laughs>